Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Breaking Down the Doors. I'm Joe Rexrode here with Adam Sparks in the Tennessean Studios. Adam, we're going to start with some Derek Mason comments here on Vanderbilt's 37-14 loss to South Carolina, which was a, a big disappointment. It's Tennessee State this week. We're going to talk a little bit more about the season at large in light of this result, but here's Derek Mason. It comes back to the simple things. We talk about it, effort, attitude, uh, execution, okay, affect outcome, and, and, and that's what it comes down to. So we need to execute better, uh, man, but I think the attitude and the, and, and the effort have been, you know, solid, but everything can be better. When when you can do things better, uh, man, you, you start to create your own luck. So with that being said, we just got to continue to work hard. Um, like I said, man, there's some things that we saw in the film that will that we can focus on this week, uh, make the changes, be better, and play and, and play better on Saturday. And we look forward to doing that. So, Adam, you know, <laughs> I, I, I guess for me, I, I'm sort of like starting to gradually get the Vanderbilt world when it comes to football. <laughs> That's a, I like that lead in. Okay, and actually, I, I wrote this in my column off the game. You know, like my daughter's soccer game and I've got a friend in my neighborhood who's like really, really big Vanderbilt fan. By the way, a uh, Tennessee alum, by the way, which which actually is just like Jim Wyatt. Jim Wyatt, of course. Yeah. Tennessee alum, the most diehard Vanderbilt fan in the world. Jim Wyatt also, by the way, was on my flight to Jacksonville Sunday night. So he did not go with the Titans to to the Titans Jaguar. He stayed here so he could watch his Commodores. And he was disappointed, but I think that there's also this sort of, I guess, being desensitized to these things. And I, as the week went on last week, and there was all this talk about if they win this game, you know, this could be the number two team in the East, and just you add up the wins, and this could be a prominent bowl game, and all this stuff. And I was thinking in my head, boy, is this just a setup to a big flop? And it was. And I think that you have to give South Carolina credit for this, right? I mean, they're good, and they played well. But still, how do you explain, Adam – just coming out and just being, from what we could tell, completely lacking energy and not prepared to match what South Carolina had at the beginning of the game. Well, what you're referencing is the acronym you may not be familiar with yet, SOV, Same Old Vandy. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I covered Michigan State for a long time, and it, SOS, Same Old Spartans, yep. you know, when they were bad. And so, yeah, I, I, I know the SO. I, f- I forget S-O-V. that about every every 12 months. And when I get it again, I have to look at Urban Dictionary to make sure it's not something profane. That's not the Urban Meyer Dictionary, <laughs> right. mind you. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, Derek Mason, I guess, give him credit or maybe a little bit of criticism of how he summed it up. You know, it, a lot of times when you have losses like this, you have coaches that say, well, you know, it's a loss. It's it's we're 0-1 this week and 1-0 next week, whatever. Uh, he, in his opening statement after the game, he said, I thought this was a big opportunity to take a big step forward in the program, not the team, the program. And we missed that opportunity. You know, you could tell by all the language he was using going in about it being a street fight and these types of things. He knew this was a big, big opportunity just to kind of get off 1-0 for the first time in a while in the SEC to show that the Notre Dame, hang close to Notre Dame thing wasn't a fluke. But mindset was the word that he kept coming down to. He said the execution wasn't good, but it was a mindset, which really calls into question, how do you not have a good mindset for a game like that? You know, but it's, yeah, this has happened before. I wrote it a week ago that this has happened before. They've, 
you know, you've you get a tease from Vandy of, wow, they nearly beat fill-in-the-blank really good team. So you know they can beat fill-in-the-blank pretty good team. And then pretty good team runs them off the field. Now, that game was close to some extent, but uh, I thought the score was indicative of the game, even though it was close early on, because South Carolina dominated most of that game. So when they pulled away at the end, the score actually showed what the what the tenor of the game was. Vandy's got to play obviously far, far better than that. But, you know, South Carolina was bad against Georgia. I know that's a different opponent, but they were bad against Georgia. I think South Carolina will be bad again against somebody else. And I think the other side of the pendulum is that Vandy will be good against somebody else. Yeah. I think, first of all, I think you're right that the score was indicative of how it went. But it's 17-14, and there was momentum for Vanderbilt. After that really bad start, they had it going late first half. They get it deep in their own end, and they go very conservative. And then South Carolina comes right down and says, thank you, and they get a field goal. And then Vanderbilt has another really bad offensive possession to start the third. And you know, I thought there was an opportunity there for them to maybe flip. Because, look, a lot of this stuff is psychological. I think you're pushing for the play-calling topic, right? Is that where we're going? Well, yeah. I mean, I think the play-calling is I, – I, and I'm like, like – you know, I, I, I try to shy away from that stuff because it's like anything that doesn't work, you can always criticize. But I do think sometimes – well, I think that this team probably needs to open it up more at times. I will say, though, quickly after that, that you have to be able to protect Kyle Shermer too. And that was my other point here is that they had a, they had a moment, but they also – I think you just saw some – whether it's mindset or they weren't ready or stuff, you saw some realities here, first of all, that, that just – and it's not like it's a big surprise, Adam, but like up front, you know, I don't think they have a complete offensive line, and they probably won't. And then South Carolina came right out and powered it to them. That's not a good sign, though, because that's no. this is this, this is the five starters that were here last year. So these are all these are their best. These are their best for the last two years. So if that's the case, they're going to be in trouble. They made it. They made a change late in the game. EJ Delaripa. They moved, They pulled out. They put Bruno Reagan back at from guard to center, which is where he played last year. That's not good because they they need him at guard, and so they shifted some guys around. I think we'll see a little bit of that against uh, Tennessee State this week, but I, I don't know if any of that will be permanent. Uh, you know, my two questions I have with the play calling, and that's the first thing that everybody goes to: uh, offensive coordinator is terrible, that kind of thing. Well, he was pretty good in the second half against Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame didn't quite figure out what Vandy was going to do. At some point, they were they were throwing the ball in early downs, which set up some pretty good runs. They moved the ball well. They were able to throw the ball where they wanted to throw it. The difference between that and where they've where they faltered is early games. They've they've gotten behind quickly early in games, and their best offense has usually been second third quarter. Maybe it's time. Andy Ludwig is one of these guys that has the fifteen play script that he's going to start every game. Maybe this is one of those where you say, I've got five plays or I've got the first series or let's just let's just go out there and see what happens. There was a little bit of what Derek Mason talked about in the run pass options. I think they wanted to go more with more with the pass early in the South Carolina game because it worked so well in the Notre Dame game. That's why they had Jamari Wakefield at running back. They feel like his pass protection is pretty good. He's pretty good out of the backfield opposed to Kari Blasson game, which is not a great receiver out of the backfield. Um, and so they tried that personnel, but maybe that's trying to take what's good against one opponent and transfer it to another. 
and it didn't work at all. South Carolina seemed like they knew exactly what Vandy was going to do, and there was nothing really there. My, my, second, my second question is about the personnel groupings, especially at running back. I asked Derek Mason in the postgame presser the other day, can your running personnel be too broad? Because it's one thing to say, hey, we got three really good running backs, and they all do different things so we can use them in different ways. It's another thing not to have a running back. You know, it's not it's not quarterback where you always say, you know, if you got two, you got none. But it's it's similar to some extent. If let's say Keyshawn Vaughn is your most complete back, and he's getting nine or ten carries, I, I, let's say. I mean, that's what everybody's saying, right? You yeah, yeah. Keyshawn Vaughn the ball more. I think he probably is their best, right? I think he's their most talented. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's not 25 carries. Maybe that's not Ralph Webb. Maybe 18 carries. Maybe 20 carries. You know, Derek Mason hinted a little bit after the game the other day where he said he thinks maybe there's some separation with Vaughn and Jamari Wakefield from Kari Blassen game. Well, that's the way that, that's, that's, that's how they it played it. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're similar. Those two, Wakefield and, and Vaughn are similar. They've got more pop. You're going to get more big plays out of them. But then you're kind of pushing out your most experienced back. And, and your most powerful back. But I, honestly, I agree in general with the idea of Keyshawn Vaughn's going to get the ball more. I agree. But I also will say that I mean, Jamari Wakefield played well. I, I yeah. thought he ran the ball well. So, I mean, he, like even if you want to do this, if you have a guy and, and he's performing – you know, and you want to keep guys engaged. It's it's tough. I mean, it's sometimes it's more simple for teams to just have the one obvious star, and you just hey, that's what we're going with. You want to have depth. Sometimes that can become complicated because you want to keep guys engaged. I do think that as things move forward, Adam, that yeah, they've got to find a way to get him the ball more in space because he just he he can he can go. Well, and Blasting Game has played fullback in the past, and, and that would be an interesting. That's an interesting thought. Why not? I mean, Jair George right now is their fullback. Eddie George's son. They they use him in some packages, but he's not a every down player at all. Uh, he's just in a few power packages. But put move Blasting Game to the fullback. And, but 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 then so are you using more power packages? I mean, really, how much do you want to have that? Well, well, you know? but have, go, go with two backs one way or another with with those guys, or maybe Blasting Game just doesn't fit in there. I like, I know you love Kari Blasting Game and the type of game he has. Yeah, uh, no, I think it's a, especially in the fourth quarter of games. You get into a game and you have that guy and you, you know, tired defense. I mean, what you hate effective. to do though is if you get in week eight, nine, ten, and you've got you know you've got no running back that knows what their what their job is that week, and the the question really is is let's take Keyshawn Vaughn, for example. Is Keyshawn Vaughn on his 20th carry better than Kari Blassengame on his 8th carry? That's the question. Because if you're divvying this up between three guys, you're saying we think a fresh back is better no matter what, as opposed to, you know, it's been said forever that there's some running backs that are, if they get kind of that lather worked up and they get into the third and fourth quarter, you're going to get their best. Well, and mo- any running back will tell you, no, I need that many carries yeah. to get into my rhythm, and then I'm at my best. And, They'll all and, tell you that. And Wakefield got carries for the first two drives, and he was pulled out for a little bit. Keyshawn Vaughn got a touchdown, and then he was pulled out. Kari Blassengame didn't touch the ball till the second half. I feel like that can work if you're a team with a lead. So the Tennessee State game is not going to be indicative of what we're going to see because – you could easily see two guys with 100 yards in this game and the third guy with 50 yards. And if you're up three or four touchdowns, you can just have a guy have a quarter to himself. But in SEC games, it's it's just a little weird. 
to have a guy not touch the ball for a half and then sit down the first two guys and then the third guy play. That's just weird at that position. Yeah. And it's not working. Yeah. No, they're going to have to they're going to have to make make some hard choices there. Uh, and speaking of you know, I didn't intend to turn this into an Andy Ludwig rip fest, Adam, but you mentioned Notre Dame play calling. I will say that on that last series, which ended with Kalijah Lipska not able to gather in that pass, you know, first and second down were draw plays. I think one was fine. Maybe you give Shermer one more opportunity for one less draw play there if I'm nitpicking. Who who ran those? Do you remember? I think blasting game, but yeah, and that's not a that's not a draw. I could be wrong. Guy. I could be wrong. I mean, when I think of a draw guy, I think of a take it and hit it hard. Yeah, don't hold me to that though. Don't hold me to that. Regardless, you know, it's draws on first and second down. It may, you know, Shermer was was rocking. Shermer, by the way, did not play as well either. I mean, you know, it's we talk about coaching and big picture stuff. But sometimes a player, I thought Shermer missed some throws that he normally makes. Obviously, he let the ball. You know, you, I guess you can't hammer him for not being protected, but he held on to it and he lost it. And I just thought that, like, if you're going to win games like that and moving forward, if they're going to win games like that, he does have to play better. Well, and, you know, these next two weeks are going to be, I mean, Tennessee State is a nothing to gain except except the win. You're supposed to go and blow that team off the field. And they're probably missing their best receiver, by the way, you know, because that's the one thing I thought they could maybe score some points, but I, I don't think this will be very competitive. And then the following week, Georgia, you chalk that up to – so you're chalking the next two weeks up to a, a win and a loss, and then you get into the stretch run where you've got a lot more toss-up games. And that's where Vandy is going to decide whether they're a bowl team or not. And you've written about this, and so you've got your you've got your guess right yeah, now. Yeah, I, well, I shied away from the let's pick every game in the preseason. That's that's a popular thing. I, sometimes I think that's just overdone because who knows? But now it gets that, clicks, man. It gets clicks. It, it does. It does. Four, We're all about clickbait, Adam. It, <laughs> it also get clicks four games into the season after you've seen them play. You know. Let, let's let's look at kind of where they are in the in the pecking order here. They blew out two solid mid major teams. They lost to a top ten team on the road, close, and and they couldn't hang with a middle of the road SEC East team. So where does that put them? I think it's I think it's important not to overreact to either of the last two games, uh, but they're probably somewhere in between those two. Yeah, in in the preseason, I said in a number of radio appearances and those sort of things, I was asked, "What's your prediction for the?" For the season, I never pick. I usually don't pick wins. I pick uh, a range. So the range was the floor is, was four and eight, and the ceiling was seven and five. I'd squeeze those a little bit now and say the floor is five and seven. The ceiling's probably seven and five. And at least in the story that I have right now, I went through them and I came up with seven and five. Now I think a a lot of that hinges on the Florida game because TSU Georgia and then a home game against Florida. If they were to beat Florida. That's seven, and I think that's a seven and five team. If they lose to Florida, then you're 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 scratching to try to get to five wins before the Tennessee game. Win that one, and you're in a bowl. Which you and I have talked about all year. We could see Tennessee and Vandy being at five and six going into that last oh, one. Oh, rivalry dream! But I, I I don't know if the Vols will get to five. I don't by then. But I see a path for Vandy to get to five by then. Well, I mean, if you want to talk, actually, our, our Kevin Proctor put out a poll on Twitter yesterday on which team have the better record and, and i tweeted back a response tweet to that was well let's see let's look at the vols sec west games yeah alabama and at auburn and let's look at vandy's best case scenario at arkansas ole miss at home i mean you you got to win those games now yep. ole miss 
still, Ole Miss has a passing game that's going to probably win in a couple games here, okay, because they've got pros catching the ball. But still, I mean, you, that's that, that's a team Vanderbilt's offense should succeed against, and, and those are two games that you project as wins in so your 7-5. So, and five. So let's run through these real quick. Uh, TSU win, we both say win, right? Georgia, we both say loss. Oh, no. No, yes. Yeah. Uh, although I actually think Vandy will be respectable in that game. I noticed that. That I, would that would be impressive. Uh Georgia's got a, a a string of of ranked teams they have to play. I could see them falling asleep at least for a half in that one. But don't but you know that the the, the precursor, the direct precursor to Vandy is Tennessee, so they can sure. nap and win that one. But anyway, go ahead. Florida home game, that's the two top teams in the SEC in terms of takeaways. Florida's number one. Their defense is, is going. Is Felipe Franks for real? I mean, he's not very good. I think. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, he's he's, been, he's he's been he's been he's been better than I thought. Yeah, he, he'll makes. Yeah, he's made. He he looked decent against Tennessee. He looked better than I thought he is against Tennessee. And I tend to think I tend to think he's going to be up and down all year. I'm saying he'll be down in that one. Okay. I think Vandy will give him some trouble. I think that's a winnable game. It's a winnable. I mean, so, you can't. You know, Tennessee. You know, coughs up every other time they touch the ball. I mean, it's just hard to judge Florida off that game. At Kentucky, that's a loss right now, right? Oh, I think I mean it's I believe it's Kentucky South Carolina this week which to me is probably your race for number 2 game. Yeah. Kentucky I mean awfully impressive, man. Awfully impressive. They, they they're going to, you know, how long are they going to be? Well, we've seen this before. Kentucky will drop off. Well, yeah. Once you get into October, you can kind of throw that away. Um so I've got you know right now you have to put Kentucky as a loss at Arkansas. That that's not an easy place to play. The fact that it's at Arkansas changes it a little bit. But they got blown out by North Texas. They got blown out by Auburn by virtually the same – it was the same game regardless of who they played. They, they don't have things figured out offensively at all. And, and I just can't imagine by then there will be I – mean, yes, it's a terrific home atmosphere when there's any hope. It won't be a sellout. But, no, I just – I don't <laughs> think Vanderbilt's going to be going into a hornet's nest there. At, so, so we're both putting that a win? Yeah, I've got – yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, at Missouri, I've got that a loss. And I, maybe I'm thinking back to, I've, you know, seeing that game last year was 45-17. Yeah, I mean, Drew, Drew Locke, Locke is a pro. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I mean, that's, that's a loss. That's, a, that's you know, the, the storyline for that one will be Locke and Shermer. That's at Missouri, and I just, I, I, think they make, I think Missouri makes too many plays offensively. So I got that a loss. You got that a loss. Um Ole Miss, I've got that a win right now. What's Ole Miss playing for in mid mid November? Yeah, not much. Yeah, and that's a home game. I don't think I don't think for Vandy it matters if it's a huge crowd or not a crowd or if people care if they're into basketball. They're used to that by now. So I don't, the fact that it's home is not good or bad. But I, I think Vandy's defense, their pass rush, and their secondary are good enough to hold down that passing game. Uh, so I've got that a win. You've got that a win. Yep. And so. Again, hinging on the Florida game, that would bring Tennessee and uh, that would that'd bring up the Tennessee game where Vandy would either have five wins or six wins going into that game. Yeah, and I, I, I the only way I, place I'm different with you is Florida. I just I, it, it reminds me of South Carolina. It's just you know what, when it comes down to it, Florida has a lot more good players. I mean, they've got they've got athletes, you know, catching, running the ball, and on defense. I think it sets up. For me, just like two years ago, four and six coming home for Ole Miss in Tennessee, and you're kind of at that point. You know, we I think we basically had buried them. Like, okay, they're going to go four and eight. 
and they ended up coming up. I mean, Kyle Shermer just came up with two huge performances, and of course, they knocked Tennessee out of the Sugar Bowl this year. They're going to be they are going to be favored against Tennessee. I I, I think if Tennessee gets there at five with any chance, they, they will be doing awfully well for themselves. I don't I can't find those right now on their schedule. Kyle Shermer in three career games against Tennessee. 908 passing yards, nine touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, you could say the really the first really good game of his career his freshman year was against Tennessee in a loss. He had three touchdowns in a loss, and the next year he threw for 400-plus yards, and the next year he threw for 300, I think, and, and a win. Two wins and a loss, played well even his freshman year. Right now, that's a win for Vandy. Now, a lot could change between now and then. And, it, you know, it's a rivalry game, so who knows? So I think we've got Vandy at either six or seven wins. Which and they've got to get there. They have to get there. They, they, they have to get the six wins this yeah, year. Yeah, five, five and seven. Kyle is a senior quarterback. Yeah. You, you can't And next year, the schedule that. is not easy. They start off with Georgia. They'll be breaking in a brand-new quarterback, either a Deuce Wallace coming off suspension or a Mo Hassan who has played a little bit this year, or or a redshirt freshman probably with his debut against Georgia. That's not – yeah, you got to capitalize when you have a senior quarterback. And so if they get to six and they can get to the bowl, to a bowl, probably the Birmingham or Independence Bowl, I, I think that's – I think most Vandy fans would be perfectly fine right now with getting to a bowl regardless of where it is. Yeah, so two weeks ahead, you know, they'll, they'll beat – TSU on Saturday, and then we'll see how they do against Georgia. They got a few things to work out, and then they get into you know the meat of a schedule where they've got a lot of toss-up games that they've got to perform in. So that is this week's breaking down the doors. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week.